Hello, hello, it's Sunday, and this is Twisted Wicked Crime with me, Christina. Guess what? I'm recording at night tonight, and hello, 20th episode. Can we believe it? I can't believe it. We're at episode 20 already, and when I logged in right now to record this, I saw that I've had 86 new people listen to me in the last seven days, which puts me uh, way over 2,000 listens, which is insane to me, and I appreciate every single one of you. I know I talk about it every week, but I'm just still in shock over it, but hey, we're doing it. We're on episode 20, so I guess we're really, uh, really in it to win it, if you will. Uh, I am still keeping this ad free because I think people enjoy that. Um, I will eventually do it. Um, I'm going to give it a little more. Maybe we'll go a year without ads. I don't know yet, but enjoy it. Enjoy it while we have it. And because it's night, you know I have a beer uh, because it's Friday that I'm recording. And this episode will drop on Sunday like always. But um, I feel like I need to tell you what I'm drinking. I always say that I'm having a drink, but I'm going to tell you what I'm having a drink tonight because I'm feeling feisty. So I'm drinking, can you hear my can? Sounds beautiful, doesn't it? I'm drinking the new Belgium brand. And if you haven't had that, they have a form of IPAs. And I'm drinking the 1985 one, which is a mango beer, mango IPA. And it's not seasonal. Um, I guess it rotates every three months. It's one of my absolute favorite beers. I was talking to the new Belgium rep while I was at the store the other day, and he informed me that um, they do rotate it every three months, and I thought it was just a summer thing. So very cool. Um, my husband and I both drink their beer and love it, and they have some other awesome flavors. So hey, new Belgium, sponsor me. I'd be a great spokesperson. I love your beer. No, I'm just kidding. But seriously, sponsor me. Nah, just kidding again. But how is everyone? I just can't believe the news this last week, really. Like, I'm still in shock over everything. Like, first, the dad in, who, in Ohio who uh, executed his three little boys, and then the one that tried to get away, he hunted him and then shot him. That is just, I don't really have words for that. I just say that I hope he gets the death penalty and then burns the worst kind of way in hell. Like, it's just disgusting that he did that. And my heart as a mom and those three sweet boys, of course, I am going to be watching that uh, news and see what happens when he goes to trial and all that. And I'll try to update. When I have updates, I'm sure everybody else is kind of watching that too because that was just insane. I want to know what he was thinking, why he did it. I just, just disgusting. And I really hope those sweet boys are at peace where they are now and that they are together at least. And then also, holy cow, that submarine that was going down to look at the Titanic that's crazy and sad that they didn't make it out. I was kind of hoping they did, even though I knew they wouldn't. They only had, what, 40 hours of oxygen? Uh, 
which is insane to me that they paid so much money and I just hope they didn't suffer too much, which when you're underwater like that, I don't think there's any way other but to suffer, but let's just hope that they uh, didn't suffer is what I'm trying to say. Let's just hope, too, that the news calms itself this coming week. We just don't need any more bad news. And with that said, let's dive into today's case. And it's also bad news. Uh, this is a horrific one. I don't really have any warnings on it other than it's scary. It's scary to me. It probably will be scary to you. It's a case that's pretty much almost unbelievable, like a made-up horror movie. It just blew my mind away when I read this case. I've only heard this case one other time um, by Bailey Siri, and I've mentioned her before, who does the Murder Mystery Makeup Mondays. She covered this case briefly while she did her, her makeup. Very awesome, by the way. Um, and it was a long time ago that I heard that, and I came across it again. And it takes place in Canada. And takes place on a Greyhound bus. So this is the murder of Tim McLean. Now, I uh, want to say, does anybody remember Greyhound buses? Did anybody take one? I did. We still actually have one. I had to Google it uh, before going on here because I wanted to see if they were still up and running, and they sure are. We actually have one where I live. <laughs> um. I remember taking them when I was younger, when you couldn't drive, like going to Phoenix and stuff with a friend up to her dad's house. Um, they were kind of luxurious back then, so I'm sure even now they're even better. Uh, right? Like, does anybody else have Greyhound buses where they are? Let me know. This this did uh, take place in 2008, so I'm assuming they're still around in Canada too. I'm going to take a quick drink of my delicious mango beer. So this was a case that I could not find a ton of background on Tim, sadly. Um, there actually isn't a whole lot on this case other than what happened. And unfortunately, like most cases, they don't glorify the killer, but they tend to go in a little bit more into the killer, which we will get into. Uh, it's insane, but I will share what I was able to find about poor Tim. So Tim McLean was born on October 3rd, 1985 in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. He did grow up in both Winnipeg and Ely. I think that's how you say it. Eli, Manitoba. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. And sadly, Tim was just 22 years old when he was killed on July 30th, 2008. Tim had been working as a carnival worker. Not sure what he did, but he just seems like he was a fun guy, like he likes to travel, and hence why he was in the circus. And in December, five months after his death, his son was born, so that is very heartbreaking to hear. that He was going to be a father, and I'm sure he was excited and looking forward to that, as that just, after hearing what that father did to his kids, just breaks my heart even more. Now, I really wish I could have, <coughs> excuse me, I really wish I could have found more on him, um, just based upon 
hearing that he was in the circus, um, he sounds very interesting. And looking at his pictures, he seems sweet and full of life. Um, he just seemed like a fun guy. And I wish I wish I could have gone into more about him, but sadly could not find anything. And I dug, guys, I dug. So on July 30th, 2008, Tim boarded the Greyhound Canada bus 117D in Edmonton. And he was headed back home to Winnipeg to his pregnant girlfriend who was waiting for him. Now, he had probably been gone a while, I'm assuming, um, from her with the circus. And he was probably very much looking forward to going home, relaxing, just getting back to a, like a semi-normal life before he had to head out again. This is what I'm guessing. Now, Tim headed straight to the back of the bus to sit down and listen to music. Definitely the spot I would have picked. I don't like to talk to anyone. I kind of have anxiety about that, and I'm just kind of like I'm a homebody. I like to go out with my family and stuff, but I definitely would have picked that spot in the back of the bus. And I would have zoned out to music and taken a nap, and I'm sure that's what his intentions were. Just kind of like, leave me alone. <laughs> so around, I keep saying so, and I'm, I apologize. Uh, around 6 p.m., the bus made a stop in Erickson, Manitoba, and it picked up another passenger. 40-year-old Vincent, I'm going to butcher his last name, Weegong Lee. Vincent Weegong Lee, we're going to go with that. Uh, he was a schizophrenic who was known to have severe delusions. And he was undiagnosed at the time of this, I believe. So let's keep that in mind. Uh, Vince Lee was born on April 30th, 1968 in Dangdong, Leongji, PR, China. I know I said that wrong, and I'm sorry. I butcher all of them. I'm sorry, I can't say the hard words. And definitely the other languages, and I'm not doing it on purpose. It's just, it's hard, you guys. So I don't want to give any light on this guy, um, because I was able to find more background on him versus Tim, but I do kind of want to touch base with him, him a little bit. So uh, he was a smart man at one time. In 1992, he graduated from the Wuhan Institute of Technology with a degree in computers, where from 1994 to 1998, he worked as a software engineer. He then immigrated to Canada in the year 2001, where he officially became a Canadian citizen in 2006, just two years before he does this unspeakable act. Vince did get frustrated a lot as he couldn't understand the language. Um, I'm not sure where they were at if they spoke French. I'm not sure what parts of Canada speak French, so I do apologize on that. I'm not sure if this was an area that did, but regardless, they spoke English or French. He didn't understand the language and he'd get frustrated. Uh, he started to get angry and at one point said God was talking to him about an alien invasion and he had to prepare for it. This voice would order Vince to travel through the country on foot or by bus to hunt these aliens down. So Vince carried a buck knife for protection. He is cuckoo's bananas train and Vince was on a mission to get these aliens when he boarded the same bus as Tim. 
Other passengers said that when Vince boarded the bus, he seemed confused and agitated. But then he settled quickly into the seat near the front of the bus. Okay, perfect. Away from Tim. That's what we like. Although you can kind of see where this is going. As buses do, it made another stop. And this is when Vince Lee moved to the back of the bus and positioned himself right next to Tim. Tim didn't notice as he was asleep with his head against the window. All right, probably with those earbuds in listening to music, zoned out. Uh, another sip of my beer. It's Friday night and I never do this much like sipping during the episode, so I apologize. I'm just, I'm feeling it tonight. Now, the bus ride continues. And shortly before 8.30 p.m., chaos on the bus breaks out as Vince Lee unleashed a frenzied attack on Tim out of nowhere. Others on the bus hearing this are now seen as Vince is repeatedly stabbing Tim in the neck and chest with the large knife that he carried for protection from the aliens. And I'm 100% sure, and we will learn later, that he thinks Tim is one. I mean, he's on a mission from God, right? The voice? The bus driver is like, um, what the fuck? We have to get help. So at this time, it's 2008, so everybody has cell phones. So I'm sure somebody is calling the 911. Uh, He pulls over, and many of the passengers, almost all of them, except one, fleed off the bus. And damn right, I would be like that too, but I'd also want to help. But it's like, what do you do? You can't stop it, or he's going to go after you or get you in the process. So you just have to get off that bus. I wouldn't feel right about that, but it's like, what other choice do you have? Well, the man that actually stayed behind was a young veteran, and he tried to intervene along with the help of a truck driver who jumped on the bus who was just passing by and saw all this commotion, and he jumped on to help. Like, what a good guy. But Vince was like, hell no, and he started swinging his knife at them, and they had no choice but to join the others on the side of the road. They locked the bus, trapping Vince inside with poor Tim, who was now being stabbed over 60 times. So Vince couldn't escape. Vince is horrific and doesn't stop. Now, I couldn't find reports if anybody could determine if Tim was still alive at this point. I'm guessing not as uh, he was stabbed over 60 times, but you've heard of people surviving that sometimes. So I don't know if he was alive at this point, and I kind of hope he wasn't because Vince's next move was to dismember his head. That's right. He decapitated Tim. And as if in some pride moment, he held Tim's severed head up like a trophy holding it up to the window so all the others outside could see. As if he was saying, look, I got the alien. And these poor people are all watching in disgust and horror as he continued to dismember Tim in a truly sickening way and display. He didn't stop there. Nope. He ate parts of Tim as he's dismembering them. And a lot of reports said just the flesh, but still, he's eating him, right? Parts of him. This is insane. It doesn't seem real. 
and it scares me to my core. Like, I don't ever want to take a bus ever again or any public transportation, plane, whatever. Poor Tim. It's just like, my God, I would just not be okay after seeing that. And that's probably why I'm drinking so much tonight. This case makes me uncomfortable for some reason. The passengers on the side of the road were crying and vomiting as this became a five-hour standoff with the Canadian Mounted Police. That they were alerted of the stabbing around 8.30 p.m. So that's around the time that the chaos broke out. So definitely somebody started calling the police right away. They arrived very quickly on scene. And this is where the bus was now at. I'm going to butcher this. I'm sorry to my Canadian listeners. I'm trying. Portage la Paris. See that? I think that's like a French thing. So I think they kind of spoke French there. I think. I'm guessing. Anyway. It was a long, awful five hours before police were able to arrest Vince Lee. It was around 1.30 p.m. when Vince tried to escape the bus, and he tried to make a getaway by smashing a window. He was shot twice with a taser and then apprehended it. Apprehended it? Apprehended. Apprehended. That's, that's right. I have to wonder, actually, why it took them five hours. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of reasons like them not wanting to risk him escaping or one of them being brutally attacked. I mean, I'm sure there's reasons, but I just feel like that's a super long time for him to be on the bus in crazy cuckoo town. The Toronto Star reported that police were able to recover several parts of Tim's body, except they never found his heart or his eyes. That's just horrific. This is disgusting. Police found Tim's tongue, ear, and nose in Vince's pocket when they were patting him down. As if like he was trying to save it later for a snack. Since he was eating parts of Tim with like the flesh as he was dismembering him. And they have a wild guess since his heart and eyes were missing and they were never found that uh, while Vince was on the bus, he ate them. Ugh. Yuck. Did this voice tell you to eat the aliens, too? Naturally, after the horrific attack, Canadians everywhere wanted to know why. What caused him to do this? I mean, that's a valid question, especially the ones who were on the bus. Now, obviously, I touched base on this uh, a little bit ago here, and he heard the voice and told him aliens were coming but in his own words in 2012, he told BBC telling them that he heard the voice of God speaking to him and that the voice sent him on a mission to protect the people from an alien invasion. He went on to say that the voice told him that this was the third story of the Bible, like the second coming of Jesus, and that he was supposed to save the people from the alien attack. Then he went on to apologize, saying, I'm sorry I did this, blah, blah, blah. I don't know exactly what his words were. I couldn't find anything on it. It said he just apologized, but it's like, 
No, dude. Saying sorry isn't going to bring Tim back. Who didn't deserve this? Now, I get he's very mentally ill, but I'm sorry, that doesn't fix things. In preparation for this mission, he would travel by foot or bus, as I mentioned, and he would disappear for days at a time from home. His wife, yes, he was married, and my God, that poor woman living with that delusional man who was undiagnosed, as I'm pretty sure he was, uh, because I think somebody who is schizophrenic is on medication wouldn't be acting that way. And he could have uh, thought his wife was an alien, right? This could have been his wife. It shouldn't have been anybody, really, but, like, she's probably scared. Like, what the heck? She said that he often disappeared and rambled gibberish. And then he would take these bus trips that he later could not explain to her where he was or why he took the bus. Uh, if I was his wife, I'd be like, mm, bye. Or I would take him to the doctor, like something that's cuckoo bananas talk. Like I just, mm. Vince believed that he was in constant danger from the aliens. And this is why he carried the knife for protection. He went on to say that on the Greyhound bus, the voice instructed him to kill the man sitting next to him or he would be killed himself. He was actually convinced that Tim was a demon and an alien. So he was both in Vince's eyes and he needed to be destroyed. So how do you kill a demon? I mean, does anybody believe in demons? I believe there's demon entities like this guy. I feel like he's a demon, even though he's mentally ill. And that's mean. I shouldn't say that he was not in the right frame of mind. He didn't know what he was doing. It still doesn't excuse it. But I think with demons, you ought to get like a priest and stuff. But no, Vince was like mutilating his body was the way to go. And he wanted to make sure that uh, this demon alien, poor Tim, wouldn't come back to life. Ugh, that's just a lot to digest, I know. This is a short case. It's not meat and potatoes, because those are good movies, but it just gets right to it. There's like no no lead up. It's just like Vince gets on the bus and an hour or two later, it's like, bam, mutilation. It's just does not seem real. Does this not seem real? Does anybody else feel this is made up? No, it's real life. I just like just super, super sad. Sorry, my eye itches. In March of 2009, Vince was sent to court, of course, and he was found not criminally responsible for the murder on account of his mental illness, and he was sent to Selkirk Mental Health Center. So I have a big thought on this. I knew he wasn't going to get the death penalty when I was researching this case. <coughs> excuse me, I'm human. I have to cough. Um, I knew, excuse me, I lost my place. I knew he wasn't going to get the death penalty. And it brings me back to last week's case when we talked about Lisa Montgomery and the horrific things she did. 
and why my thoughts are mixed on her. So I started writing this case when I was writing a couple others. I have another one in the works. Uh, I kind of go all over the place. And so my mind, when I was doing last week's case, I kind of had this case on my brain too. And I completely understand it's two different countries. We are talking about the U.S. versus Canada in this case. We do things differently. The justice system is differently. But I still don't think that she should have been executed when she was mentally ill. We don't know fully if she knew what she was doing, if she was in a sane mind or not. Like, she could have thought what she was doing was right. We don't know. We don't know anymore. We don't know. And so, obviously, with Vince now, he is not being criminally held responsible because he wasn't in the right frame of mind. He wasn't sane. So, I'm just wondering where where that comes into play because I agree Vince shouldn't get the death penalty. I do agree that he should be rotting in jail because that's he still killed somebody in a horrific manner but it's just I mean you really can't compare the two really because Vince also did something super unspeakable and a little bit grosser I don't they're both really bad they're both really bad and I think the death penalty is very much justified 99% of the time but there's like that 1% that I feel like these cases, like Vince and then Lisa Montgomery last week, sadly, um, didn't get the help that she needed and got the death penalty. And now we're here we are with Vince uh, getting the help that he needs, hopefully, by getting sent to this mental health center. He's not going to prison, I don't think. I have to read my notes. I don't remember. I literally, like, wrote my story last night, and I don't remember, you guys. It's been a long week. I was like, this week, like, the days were just moving so slow. Now, again, I understand. Both these cases happened in two different countries. The U.S. of A. handles things different than Canada. I get it. Sadly, Vince's outcome didn't feel like justice to Tim's family. I respect that, but he is very mentally ill. Tim's mother, Carol Didelli, I think that's how you say her last name, in response to uh, Vince's verdict, she said, Lee still did it. Whether he was in the right frame or not, he still did the act. There was nobody else on that bus holding a knife and slicing up my child. I feel for you, Mama. It hurts, and nothing makes it right. Now, like I said, I would feel the same way. Now, men handle things differently, and Tim's father, Tim Sr., dealt with the loss of his son by getting a tattoo of his son's face over his heart. That is really special. Everyone deals with grief in different ways. 
I feel for his moment as a mom, like I would be just like justice, like out for revenge. Usually it's the dad that feels that way, but in this case, I feel for both of them and they handled it in their own ways and I respect that. Tim's father told BBC that it's a struggle and they are trying to move forward as it's an ongoing challenge that they may fully never recover from. I, excuse me, I just kind of burped. I hope you guys didn't hear that. That's gross. That's probably why I shouldn't be drinking as quickly as I am while recording because I get all burpy. Ugh. Oh. Anyway, uh, I, I don't ever want to know what it's like to lose a child. So I can understand how you would just feel empty. Like there's a piece of you missing and you could never recover from it. And I don't wish anybody to lose a child. Unfortunately, it happens. There are sick people in this world who take children away from their parents no matter what age they are, they could be an adult and their parent could be 85 years old, 90 years old and get taken from them. Just evil, sick people in the world. And this is why I like covering true crime because we need to be aware of our surroundings and we need to honor these people who liked him in his honor. A memory was made of a white cross with his name on it and placed along the road of where the bus had ended up in Portage Le Paris. And below the cross, chipped into it, was a message that says, I think of you always, son. Love, dad. That, his dad sounds like the sweetest. And from, given by the last name, I don't think his parents are together anymore. And maybe that's why she's reacting the way he is. And he's reacting, I don't know. I'm not judging them. It's not not the time to do that. It's not the time to analyze his parents. They, they grieve in different ways, like I said. They just seem like, whether his parents were together or not, that they were a close and just a nice, good family. Like, I just, I mean, you can see from his pictures that I'm going to post. Like I said, he just seemed like a fun-loving guy. Now, of course, there's controversy over Vince Lee when he was released in 2017. He was completely discharged and allowed to live alone, alone, yeah, alone, sorry, I can't even read my own notes, alone in a community of people in Manitoba, Canada. Hmm. Yeah, and on top of that, he is no longer required to attend yearly reviews or be closely monitored, which terrifies me and scares me to my very core. He changed his name to Will Lee Baker and just lives his life as a free man. Now, of course, outrages the people who were affected by this, and one of them were being Tim's mom, uh, said that she's found peace in the memory of her son through her grandson, Tim's son, who he never got to meet. And I bet that little boy is just full of life. She stated he inherited Tim's eyes and sense of humor. See, I knew he seemed like he had a fun sense of humor. I knew that before I wrote. I mean, I wrote this last part before I wrote the first part. And I just 
think that's funny that I gathered that from his picture, not knowing much about him. Now, she said he is the one who motivates her to wake up every day and that she believes Tim sent him directly to her. This warms my heart that she finally has some peace. Sorry if you just heard that loud crash. I don't know what's going on outside. I hope my daughter didn't wake up. It was very loud and I jumped. (laughs) I'm a little on edge right now. Now something happy to end on. Because wow, that is a tough one to swallow. This is a case that I still even after researching and typing up that sticks with me. Because how is this real life? I actually question that on a lot of cases. But this one just seemed like a horror movie and not real. Nobody deserves to die that way. Even if the person isn't sane. Mental health is a serious issue that unfortunately a lot of people don't get the treatment that they need or go undiagnosed like Vince was. I don't feel bad for Vince. Um, He did change his name. uh, Like I said, to... William Lee Baker, you know, obviously he's trying to cover up what he did. I don't know, but he did a very bad thing. And it makes me sad to think that he could not get the help and that this might not have happened. We don't know the reason he was undiagnosed. Could he not get the help he needed? I I don't know. It's really hard to say. And I just hope that as a free man now that he's doing good in the world. That's all I can hope for. I hope he's got the medicine that he needs, that he's being treated. Um, because it does terrify me that he is a free man walking and what's to say he's not going to have a delusional alien vision again. Tim's family, you're beautiful and glad that you have found comfort. So let's end this with us picturing a happy, smiling Tim doing circus acts, just living it up. You know that you can see Tim and his disgusting attacker on my Instagram at Twisted Wicked Crime, the pod. And it's going to be a gamble what I'm going to do next week. Like I said, I'm juggling a couple cases again, and I'm not which one I'm going, not sure which one I'm going to finish first. I'm a busy working wife and mama, and I love doing this. So you know, this is Twisted Wicked Crime. And I'll bring you something horrific, I'm sure. Maybe a survival case. I feel like we earned it after listening to all these awful ones. But I don't have one started yet. And I don't know if I can write one in a week. We'll see. We'll see. Now, this isn't a long case today. But it was a terrifying and mighty one. And as always, I love you beautiful strangers. Thank you for listening. And thank you to my new 86 listeners. I'm growing and loving it. I hope everyone stays happy, stays healthy, makes good choices, but most importantly, stay alive. I will talk to you all later. Bye.